0: My name is Tramel D. Jones, and
1: I am a strategic career coach. I am Bonnie Scott. I'm a licensed professional counselor in Texas.
0: For women and marginalized communities, it, work is hard, especially at this point in the pandemic and in our lives. There's such a toxic workplace in most jobs, or you're bringing your own trauma
1: history and making decisions from that place
0: from the experiences that we're both having individually now we get to join forces and help the world not have to
1: go through those same pitfalls right we're gonna do it with kindness and love for each other and all the women out there doing this hard stuff welcome to the work and wellness
0: podcast So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that were on our wish list to discuss or bring um, guests on, but we didn't get to. and yeah. these, these could possibly be future guests, so if there's anybody out there listening and you're interested mm-hmm. in participating in the podcast on these these topics or anything else, please reach out to us. So, yeah, definitely. Um, this is now um, a year and a half, almost two years of us being in this pandemic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: right? And the pandemic kind of rocked workforce more than we ever thought it would mm-hmm. um i remember i had a friend and i think i might have said this before she's a nurse and told me oh this is gonna be a long-term thing and i was sad because i was like no we yeah. have to have faith it'll just be two weeks mm-hmm. and that's what they told us two weeks yeah So through this, we've seen like a lot of things happen, but one of the things we heard a lot about, and I'm sure you probably, um, heard too, was the great resignation. Mm -hmm. My experience with this was I, at that time was actually, I was contracting and because of all the layoffs that were happening in these big organizations, I was actually tasked with offering Mm -hmm. them one-on-one coaching so that they could be, um, able to get back in the workplace. So I was working with people from big money orgs, like Halliburton, Mm -hmm. Exxon, Mm -hmm. like places that you think don't fail. Right. Yeah. Well, now I see why they don't, they just let their people go,
1: but anyhow, they just cut people until they can
0: stay afloat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then it was during that time when I was working with all of those people who were products of the layoff, and most of them were in gas and oil, where in the very beginning, you know, gas and oil just took a really yeah. big hit.
1: Right. And like so- when it was negative per, like the, a barrel of oil was a negative dollar amount. It was bananas. It was yeah. so
0: crazy.
1: Yeah. We're
0: here in Texas. So, you know, a lot of our families are connected to that. Mm-hmm. A lot of investments are connected to that. Mm-hmm. So there was a huge, you know, explosion of job loss, and yeah. I was right in the middle of it. And while I was focusing on those clients, helping them to get retooled, to go back into the workforce, I heard about the great resignation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I, I did not see that in my own community.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even the people who I was coaching who had been let go, um, they were still very much hurting. having a hard time getting replaced yeah and then i heard about all of these people who were leaving their jobs Mm -hmm. um i don't know what's your perspective did did you have any encounters with people who were a part of the great resignation
1: yes i but I, i think i'm a little confused about the timeline because My, my idea of the great resignation was sort of when the world started waking up again, and people were Mm -hmm. going back into the office and, um, or in that time when a lot of people were working from home, right? That moms, especially were like, I can't do all of this. And so that sort of stepping back from work, I did see some of that, um, with clients. Um, I mean, I resigned from the position that I was in and that was, talk
0: to us about that.
1: Yeah, so it was always my goal to be in private practice and I was doing that on the side, you know, a few hours a week or whatever. Uh and then the pandemic hit and the place that I worked, I mean, they were great and they did what they could to pivot and make it happen, but it was a healthcare business and In America, healthcare, it relies on volume to make money. And so I felt a lot of pressure to maintain and actually increase the caseload of people that I was seeing at that business. And that was really hard because my kid was home. She's an only child, right? You know, too, you've got an only child and she was crying every day for her friends Mm -hmm. and she didn't understand. She was a kindergartner, right? We're in the middle of kindergarten. And she was crying every day. And Matt was home teaching upstairs and I was downstairs trying to see people on Zoom and the dog was barking. And when I tried to say, like, I can't manage all of this, I was met with, well, just try, try a little harder. And as the months dragged on, I started to feel pretty disrespected just as a professional that I kept saying, I can't manage this, can't manage this. And so at some point I said, you know what? maybe this is my sign that my long-term plan has to fast forward a little bit. And so in August of that year is when I resigned from working for someone else and started working for myself. And I don't know if that puts me as part of the great resignation because I still am technically in the workforce. Whereas I think a lot of people who are part of this quote unquote great resignation have stepped out of the workforce or are not looking anymore for jobs. but I didn't necessarily have a fallback plan. I I sort of did because the nature of my business and my license is that if it doesn't work, working for myself, I can go work for someone else. I can find that again. Um, But it was, it was sort of a combo for me of this is what I've always wanted and feeling disrespected is a good reason to maybe step away and try something different.
0: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that, especially with the, the way that companies' cultures have shifted just Mm -hmm. over the years, if you don't even put the pandemic into play. So we're Mm -hmm. talking about if we were to backwards track to about 2019 before everybody shut down, Mm -hmm. we could see that company cultures were still very much about the company.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, You need to
0: be a company man. You need to do what we say. And then um, you're right. So look, I looked up The Great Resignation. So they're saying um, this was beginning in early 2021. Okay. um, And possible causes include wage wage stagnation amid rising costs of living, Mm long-lasting job dissatisfaction. Right. People Mm -hmm. were tired of the way they were being treated because they tried to take that same. You're going to be a company man idea Mm -hmm. and put it into the work from home. And I saw a lot of people being bashed in the way that they were working from home. For instance, Mm -hmm. there were reports that companies were requiring for you to wear um, still the same uh, work clothes at home. Mm -hmm. And you would have to show proof of that. Mm-hmm. So I have to wear shoes in my home <laughs> office. I saw that there were, That's absurd. isn't it? <laughs> then I saw that there were reports that people would, would have to have a closable office at home mm-hmm. in order to have a work from home, um, position. Mm-hmm. And everybody does not have that. And in Mm-mm. the middle of a pandemic, I'm not about to move. Yeah. To to build something. Yeah. Yeah. So there was there was a lot of that. Right. And then um, safety concerns of COVID-19 pandemic. So a lot of Mm -hmm. people's health was at risk. And if we even go back to some of the things we've talked about in this podcast, if you are a person who is dealing with chronic illness or pain Mm -hmm. and you have not disclosed that um, going back into the, an office where COVID is an issue and it puts you at greater risk is mm-hmm. not necessarily something that you're excited about. So yeah. all of these, these reasons make sense to me. I think that for me and my timeline might be a little off. I started, um, working with, um, it was 2020, the very beginning. So I, I did, uh, my training for them in May, of 2020. I didn't stay very long. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my, my training for May. Okay. And then I was heavy in just so many people consulting and a uh, coaching through January of 2021.
1: Yeah. Because that was when so many people were being laid off because, it kept dragging right like exactly well we're gonna try to hold people over as long as we can oh we gotta let some people go we gotta do that again oh maybe vaccines are coming oh nope we gotta let people go it was just this drag out so yeah Yeah. i did see a lot of people then
0: but remember how there was just this very obvious line across um expectations right when Mm -hmm. they started to call people essential workers and we noticed that Mm -hmm. those essential workers tended to be people of the same um, socioeconomic background and people of color. And Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. those individuals really didn't have a lot of choice when it came to, could I stop going to work because my life is at risk? Not really. I still have to make rent. I still have kids to feed, right? And then I feel like for and i I did have a slowdown in my personal business. Mm-hmm. I didn't have resume clients for months, okay um through twenty twenty um This is why I went to go and work because mm-hmm. the resume side of my business shut down. I was still doing training with organizations, but I didn't get any individual clients for months and months and months, which I totally understood. Who was yeah. purchasing what I consider to be a luxury service. Everybody doesn't have the money to buy a resume writer, right? Mm -hmm. So who's purchasing luxury services during a
1: pandemic? Well, there was so much uncertainty. So it's like, well, how do I even fashion my resume? Or what does that look like six months from now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot,
0: but I, even now, I still do not see a lot of clients who participated in the great resignation. I saw some of my counterparts doing studies so that Mm -hmm. they could um, meet with and learn from the experiences of those who were participating in this. Mm -hmm. But I personally just never had anybody Mm. who, who experienced that. I don't know if I feel like it's a urban myth. I mean, obviously the numbers exist, Right? but Yeah.
1: Hey, this is Bonnie, and I want to take a minute to talk to you about my business, which is Mindful Kindness Counseling, LLC. It's a private therapy practice in San Antonio, Texas. It's a huge part of who I am, a huge part of my life. I'm really proud of... The work that I do and the way that it reflects my values and supports my community. So I want you to know that my business is there. If you're looking for a therapist, if you're looking for a supervisor, if you're hoping for support or networking, let me know how I can support you because there is plenty of work to go around and I want all of us to be successful. So reach me at lpc at gmail.com.
0: So now we're starting to see that a lot of companies are realizing if they keep pushing that company man business, ain't nobody going for that. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing changes in company culture. Mm -hmm. But you and I have been in companies long enough to know that how long lived is that going to be? Right.
1: Yeah. Are they doing it just long enough to keep people? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm hesitant to even do a lot of work around talking about the great resignation. Like this is the first time I've ever even talked about it publicly. I haven't talked mm-hmm. about it with my clients. I haven't talked about it with anybody because I really want to see what's the, what's the end of that? Because now yeah. these people are, are trying to get jobs again. Yeah. For some people okay. we're finding that they left positions, were able to float themselves off of savings or whatever they had Mm -hmm. and then started to look for work but couldn't find work Mm. the question i ask myself is is it that they couldn't find work or had companies now restructured positions that made it not as exciting for those Mm -hmm. same people to come back into those positions because my, just like you were mentioning prior to we, us getting on this, people who are saying, well, I can't find anything. I'm either underqualified or they don't mm-hmm. want to pay me. Right? Yeah. hmm I, I think it's really weird. I don't think we've seen the end of what the great resignation
1: looks like. Yeah. It's it's rough. Yeah. and And I don't know how much of it is related to living where we do in Texas, right? That just generally we're a, a working class town. And so I think you're right. Probably a lot of people could not necessarily have afforded to just be like, I'm done with this. I think a lot of people juggled uh as well as they could where other people in more affluent communities might not have had to, right? They might have had the option or they have a partner that makes enough money to float everybody or whatever. I don't think that's generally true in San Antonio. Um, so I think, I mean, I, I do know a few people who like me were like, I'm going to leave this more structured thing for doing my own thing. And like I said, I don't know that that counts, but it is sort of part of that pandemic response. I think among clients, what I saw more of was just general, like emotional distress. I mean, so many requests for me to fill out fmla paperwork or short-term disability paperwork to give people some breathing room without having to quit i think that's what i saw more of than resigning
0: mechanisms Mm
1: -hmm. right because let's be honest
0: they don't fix the problem but yeah i'm i'm glad that people turn to someone to get what they needed i see a lot of people who aren't and they're just miserable
2: Mm -hmm. and
0: so i think that even kind of takes us to this new idea of quiet quitting Mm, yeah right like yeah i i don't know what quiet quitting is i just feel like
1: (laughs) it sounds very familiar Uh uh-huh sounds like boundaries to me but i don't know thank you
0: (laughs) these people they don't want to work 24 hours a day no (laughs) who wants to do that So all of the things that I have read about quiet quitting, all Mm -hmm. of the things that I hear about quiet quitting sounds very much like I do my job Mm -hmm. and I go home.
1: Right. And I do a good job at the job you pay me to do. Mm Exactly.
0: Exactly. I don't hear anything being, well, quiet quitting means that I do a subpar job. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that people are investing in self. Yeah. And isn't that what we were supposed to be doing all along? Yeah so
1: whose concept is quiet quitting is that like (laughs) (laughs) well i'll admit the first time i saw something about quiet quitting what i imagined it to be was was literally like ghosting your job just like i'm slowly backing away that is how it my brain interpreted when i just saw the term and so then when i started reading about it i thought like this is not a thing this is just boundaries and I do wonder how much of it is a response to the people who did work through the pandemic. And they're just like, I'm freaking tired of going above and beyond and doing three people's jobs because you fired two people and, and expected me to do all of it.
0: Yes, I see that yeah. a lot. I see a lot of people who are taking on more for less mm-hmm. because if you're giving me three people's job and then you are not paying me for that, you are essentially downgrading my pay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're so. abusing me, you're undervaluing me, and you're expecting me to clean up a mess that you made. Like none of that feels good. Of course, people are responding to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to see it. I want people to take care of themselves. Obviously, we are both, you know, interested in people really putting their wellness first. Mm-hmm. I think it's even become more prevalent on socials. Like there are whole platforms, well, not platforms, but there are um whole profiles where people do nothing but like focus on how i'm going to tell my boss no and hold yeah. my boundaries mm-hmm. and i love it i love to yeah. see it i don't know that we need to keep renaming these things uh but if it if it if the resurgence and the the new name gives more people the ability to see it and then implement it okay then i get it -hmm. But otherwise, I don't think it's a new concept. I think this is just what we should have been doing all along. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, we had gotten to this place where we've given so much of ourselves to our job and left not much for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. now we're trying to switch that. No one is saying we're not gonna do a good job. I tell my I tell my clients all the time, you know, you're giving about 150% to your job. So that what that means is you're fifty percent in the deficit for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so you really need to scale back. And I would even say scale back to 80% yeah. because your are 80 is everybody else's hundred. Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of scaling to do. You need to pull back, yeah. learn to delegate and, you know, think about you and how mm-hmm. other people should also be able to think about them.
1: Yeah. And I always tell people too, as morbid as it is, if you are working so hard for some company that you stroke out at your desk they're just going to roll you out of the way in that chair and put someone else there. But the people in your life will miss you. So give your priority and give as much of your time as you can to the people who love and care about you. Because if you stroke out at your desk, they're going to be sad. Whereas your company is going to think about you for maybe two days while they're looking to hire somebody else. Yeah.
0: And some of my thought process is, I don't have a high expectation for companies, mhm, and i hmm, mm. even saying that feels ugh, right <laughs> i i maybe i I wish that they would do better, yeah, but as of now, until we all band together and create a force that they cannot stop, they're gonna try their very best to keep pushing these same agendas of you need to be the company man, my way or the mm. highway but I also think that the fact that we're simply getting back to what should have been Mm -hmm. can be that force.
1: What do you predict? I don't want to put you on the spot, but what do you sort of imagine bosses or managers, how do you imagine them responding to something like this quiet quitting conversation? Do you think it really changes?
0: I think that the thing about quiet quitting is if you're not doing it out loud, it's very possible no one notices until it's so prevalent that the boss can't get that extra push like they used to. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So it's not going to affect decision makers Un, like i said until it becomes this force
2: mm-hmm.
0: if they're so i i, I don't want to alienate anybody sure i don't want to push people to be like your quiet quitting is not enough no you keep on <laughs> quiet quitting okay <laughs> uh do you do that, and if we need to have underground clubs of quiet quitters, let's do it, right? Um, Speakeasies. <laughs> well, we're meeting the the Q, uh, Hey, un- Y'all, just come on. Quitters Anonymous. Uh, <laughs> the
1: password is boundaries.
0: <laughs> right? But let's think back to when we worked together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed this. Um, when I had the baby, I literally went into our boss's office and said, hey, I love my job here. I absolutely do. But prior to having this baby, I stayed a lot of nights. I did a lot of extra stuff. And unfortunately, just because of the way my life is now, I won't be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I have to be there to pick her up from daycare at a certain time every day. If I Mm -hmm. don't, I'll be charged a late fee. So these are the things that I probably will not be your point person on anymore. But I also want to tell you the things I think I can bring. That you will want extra Mm. of, and that I can give you extra of. So, although I can probably only do maybe possibly one or two nights a month of evenings, Mm -hmm. you know, I can definitely do additional reporting. Mm -hmm. I can do, um, you know, some of these outings that we took kids to during the day. Right? Yeah. I can do a lot more of these creative projects. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was an even swap mm-hmm. for me to say, hey, can't do this, but can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, And I didn't get, I didn't feel like I got a lot of pushback. I think because I had that conversation, when it got to the point for me to say, no, I can't stay late, people understood
1: okay because you were proactive
0: about it did you notice it because i didn't tell y'all that i had this conversation with our bosses
1: i don't think i worked with you when your kid was born Oh, okay i think i was doing my internship there like i was still in grad school when you were pregnant with her okay and then i think i miss like i graduated oh, right. and i wasn't there and then i started so, I think you already had her. I would, I would not have noticed that.
0: Okay. Because mm-hmm. I do remember being, uh, I think I was in one of your classes and I was pregnant.
1: Yeah. I think because when I was still doing, yeah, the sex ed training stuff that yeah. was my previous life. Yeah.
0: That's right. But, yeah, I had that conversation
1: and I didn't feel a lot of
0: um pressure.
1: I still thought when I, so when I came on as a, an employee, I still thought, oh, my God, Tramiel works so much and, like, she's so Aww. efficient and- she's so willing to take the extra things I so if you were scaling back (laughs) yeah your 100% was everybody else's like 22% I think
0: I mean that's that is true I was Mm -hmm. doing a lot more than what I was doing when you came on when when you came on that was scaled back and I can't imagine when you're young and single and Mm -hmm. excited Yep. you know there's a lot you'll do but what that what happened was I didn't have any outside priorities, yeah, I think the the additional things that kind of th- were thriving for me were uh church, which I always made time for,
2: mm-hmm.
0: regardless, and um like if I was dating someone at that time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: other than that, I was at work a lot, mm-hmm. but we had created such a really great team that i was I was okay with that
2: mm-hmm.
0: now the big the big push was when. There was some changes, mhm, and I really took a back seat. There wasn't mm-hmm. a conversation that may have been my version of quiet quitting. I still mm. did my job mhm still did I still did what I was supposed to do, but I was no longer the rah 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 mm-hmm. I wasn't up front. I didn't feel like I did a negative position, yeah, but I was told so. yep, you were so it's. On my end, I understand why people need to quiet quit. Mm -hmm. So your original question is, what will be the outcome? I think that originally what's going to happen is um, we know leadership sees this. Mm -hmm. They see that quiet quitting is trending. For sure. They're reading Washington Post or whatever. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They see all of this and they're thinking, oh, it will blow over. Mm -hmm. They're seeing the posts that are saying, stop rewarding me with pizza. Just pay me. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. right (laughs) yeah or that little hand that's drowning and the management is like canned coming out and you're like oh i'm gonna get help and then they just give you pizza (laughs) like i'm drowning give me a hand here's a pizza we appreciate you we got called in for
0: an 8 a.m meeting Mm -hmm. no 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 explanation just everyone needs to be here at 8 Mm a.m and i was just like 8 a.m. is really early. Like, we don't come in until 9. I know that's right. just an hour, but I have a toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this can, 8 a.m. thing? Can you talk to me a little bit more about what's happening? hmm Nope. Can't tell you anything about it. So I busted my butt. I think I woke up at, like, 5 a.m. that day. <laughs> I get there. It's 8 a.m. Uh-huh. And I'm like all right ready for whatever, whatever this meeting is uh-huh do you know they pulled off a sheet and was like it's breakfast i think i, I remember like, this this is why y'all had us come in right this we couldn't have done this at up. nine <laughs> i woke up at eight i mean i woke up at 5 a.m to be here for <laughs> this you think i can't feed myself <laughs>
1: I was. They're like, so... well, we do know what we pay you, so maybe. <laughs> yeah, we
0: don't pay you enough to feed yourself. Let us help. Oh that my I God, am. I was so upset. Mm. So they see this. They see that what they've been doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. There will be programs that they create um incentivizing things that have no mon- monetary value
1: Ah, uh, mm-hmm. i think
0: that's what's going to happen first mm-hmm. um that that will probably be rejected mm-hmm. uh and then what will end up happening is um management will get into a back room mm-hmm. and they will say we got to do something what do the people want well how can we give the illusion
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That we're creating something, and I. This is me being very well removed from uh uh from from the the boardroom, but this mm-hmm. is my expectation. I believe that they will fire people and take the funds that they would have used to pay those people and disperse them. I think that's what they will do. Okay, but they will not rehire. Yeah, and with those additional funds, will become. Um, some additional things that you'll have to do on top of the three people's jobs you're doing now. Hey friends, I'm Tremel. If you didn't know, I run a career planning firm called TDJ Consulting. I focus on working with high achieving women and you know exactly the ones I'm talking about. She's the go-to employee, she's consistent, she's reliable, and everyone goes to her for help. It usually means that she's doing her work and theirs too, but unfortunately, her bank account doesn't reflect all the extra effort that she's putting in. I help those high-achieving women leverage their wins at work to boost their salary by ten to twenty thousand. I provide career services that build on those successes that they've already accomplished, without requiring them to go back to school. If you're curious, let's talk. Schedule a free call at tdjconsulting.com. Mm-hmm. There's another concept that's happening, where. Um, we have quiet quitting, but then we also have a huge publicity push between um I've seen I don't know if it's recruiters that are saying this, but definitely career planning professionals mm-hmm. telling everybody that the way for them to really increase their salary is to move. You increase your salary or you have a a better opportunity to increase your salary if you move companies okay i agree that is Mm a hundred percent true um i also don't believe in job hopping anymore Mm -hmm. job hopping was a thing when companies provided um such deep loyal incentives that it was extremely costly for them to invest in someone for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And it only paid off for them. If a person stayed within the company for years and years and years.
1: Yeah. Things
0: like pension, Mm -hmm. right. Signing bonuses, signing bonuses. Mm -hmm. Um, all of these very lucrative, uh, Loyalty incentives mm-hmm. were the reason that people were looked down upon for moving companies. Now yeah. companies no longer offer that. Ain't nobody getting um pension like that no more. Some mm-hmm. some companies it hasn't it hasn't died a hundred percent, but it's not as um often. That you're it's not guaranteed the way it used to be. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think that also has to do with a lot of the fact that we had, we just have way more companies. I mean, we only had like a couple of companies that employed everybody back in the day, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now there's just so many companies, they just, they don't have the money for that. So anyhow, now people are really pushing people to move.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that what's going to happen is to combat quiet quitting, companies are going to demonize job hopping again. Okay. I think that's what's going to happen. So I think that in order to incentivize the people who stay there, they'll let some people go and take those funds and redistribute them. But then they're there. And I can see it now. Like somebody's posted the other day. Good morning to everybody. This was Twitter. Good morning to everybody, except for people who interviewers who ask about job gaps from five years ago. (laughs)
1: <laughs> who is asking about a job gap who well years now ago. that you now that you have to go through like 12 panel interviews before you get a interviews. job that don't make sense that is a yeah. waste of money really it's a waste of everything so yeah if you're 12 interviews deep you do have to be like oh here's this one thing from 17 years ago that we should talk about what the hell? it's just really ridiculous honestly okay so we talked about these
0: things and I don't wanna just talk about them. I wanna offer some some mm. some additional support, right? Yeah. So when we talk about the great resignation, I do feel like a lot of people who left, they are going to be very cautious coming back in. Yeah. And they're gonna be looking for positions where they will be um challenged, where they're gonna be valued, mm-hmm. where they're gonna be paid well.
1: And, paid well and have flexibility.
0: And have flexibility. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, there are very few of those positions. Yeah. So I would say maybe a percentage of those people are able to market themselves really well and get into positions where that exists. Mm -hmm. But I believe that a greater percentage of the people who came out of the great resignation are going to go back into a job market that looks, unfortunately, very similar to what it did when they left. Mm. So my advice for people is this. When you are going into an interview process, if you have not solidified what your wellness looks like prior, you're going to have a really hard time building that back up once you Mm -hmm. get Mm in. So you want to make sure that you've solidified a really great wellness plan. And that includes long-term things that help your mind, your body, your spirit. Mm
2: -hmm. And you got to
0: keep that space sacred. So whatever that is for you, um, I really hate people using, and yes, I know hate is a strong word. I'm using it. I hate people using candles and bath as self-care. That's actually something you should do all the time. Um, Please bathe. Bathing is probably high on the the list of things you should do often. (laughs) Um, But that in itself is not enough to sustain your wellness. Instead, what you need is things that are going to stimulate your creativity Mm -hmm. Possibly in the opposite area of where you work. Yeah. So if you are a numbers and a math person, it probably would be really stimulating for you to do art Mm -hmm. or for you to do something that is um, maybe physical, Mm -hmm. signing up for a running group where you guys just leisurely run or do hikes Mm -hmm. or doing something outside of your daily Mm-hmm. um but it needs to be something that is consistent and it gets on your calendar it's sacred everybody in their mother knows in your family don't call her on thursday at three she goes yeah. to walking group we all know yeah. she don't answer her phone it just be mm-hmm. and when you go into these interviews what it means is you have solidified your wellness
2: mm-hmm. so
0: that whatever they're offering you does not bump up and push that out mm-hmm it's so much easier to start at a position with your wellness put together than it is for you to try and create it after the case. Mm -hmm. So I think starting there is really helpful. Also, you want to make sure that you have a really great um, resume that talks about the accomplishments and successes you've had at past positions so -hmm. that people see how you can duplicate those successes for the new company and you're going to be highly valued that way when you've demonstrated that, that success. Um, I see a lot of resumes who come across my desk where they're just um, talking about what they did. You shouldn't do that. Instead, you should brag about how well you did what was asked of you. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't need your manager's permission to put things on your resume. So anything you did that was initiative and was not on your job description, you better put that on your resume. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so the last thing I'll say is if you were a part of the great resignation and you haven't been flexing those skills, I wouldn't be opposed to things like, um, I I think people are really pushing against this right now, but I'm still going to say it, volunteering somewhere, Mm -hmm. volunteer to use those skills so that you can at least put on your resume that you've been flexing that muscle in that particular area for the last X months. You don't want, um to do nothing. And then you show up on day one to train and you're like, you do what now? Mm -hmm. Uh, sir, didn't you say this was your job at one point? We want to make sure you still flex those skills. I mean, there's lots of places where you can do, um, the kind of work you want to do in a mentoring fashion. Mm -hmm. There's a, a company called, um, score online where if you've had a prolonged career in a certain industry, you can go and be a mentor there. In that industry, I think that's helpful, right? These are all ways to show your value, even though you haven't been working on the job. I'm going to stop there. I could go on. But I think by by doing that, by solidifying your own wellness, by really talking about your successes and being able to duplicate those somewhere else, and then by making sure that you're still flexing the muscles that you're going to want to use, I think it'll be easier for you to find positions, even in situations where it doesn't look optimal. Mm -hmm. Um... Because everybody is not going to be able to find a position that is super lucrative. That's just yeah. not how it works. But if your focus is not on it being super lucrative, it just being the thing that funds your fun, mm-hmm. you don't have to be obsessed with your job. hmm I actually had this conversation yesterday. Hmm. One of my friends was talking about the fact that her job isn't challenging, but she makes great money. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, that's great. She was like, yeah, I get to tinker with all the other things I really love. It's, this is a good situation for me. Like, I'm so glad to have finally gotten here. Mm -hmm. Of course, I did a resume, pushed her into the six figures. So she's doing really well. Mm -hmm. And now she's starting passion projects where she's going into investing and things of that nature, right? Mm -hmm. So if your job, if its purpose is to fund your fun -hmm. You don't need to be over invested. Go in, do your job, and get on out of there.
1: Yeah. Hey, podcast listener, this is Bonnie jumping in on this little break in the action to talk to you about advertising opportunities uh, for this season of the podcast. So, you know, my business, Mindful Kindness Counseling, is really proud to support this podcast and these conversations, both with my time, but also financially. And Tramiel and I want you to know that we are open to your advertising needs as well. So if you're interested in funding a spot on the podcast, please feel free to Contact us at work and wellness podcast at gmail.com. Bye. Yeah. And I know there's so much talk around, you know, oh, feel passionately about your job and it should be your calling. And okay, maybe for some people, I think it's for more some. important that whatever job you're doing fits your values. Yep. So that. If, if you're not passionate about your job, it at least meets that need that you have to be authentic and show integrity, and then you can be passionate anywhere else in your life. It doesn't have to be work is passion. Work needs to align with your values, and it needs to pay your bills and give you enough money to do the things you want to
0: do. That's it. I 100% agree, and that goes back to what I was saying about, like, you des- you design or you decide you design, or you decide the purpose for your job. Yeah. If you do want to have something where you're super passionate, usually that means you spend more time than you need to on it. And Mm -hmm. if that is your job, it can burn out easy if you're not putting in those stops or boundaries. Right. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I like the idea of being real forward with your values. I have had all kinds of clients come to me from all manners of walk. One woman was um she had done a lot of work with women's pre- reproductive work, right? Mm-hmm. And so eventually she was coming out of nonprofits and wanting to go into corporate America and was like, "I'm so scared to leave this stuff on here because I don't know how people will think." And I was like, "Do you want to work for somebody who doesn't see that in a good light?" Yeah. So just leave it and you will find the right position where that is valued. And people are like, oh, we need this knowledge base. Mm -hmm. Right. Or even people who are in church. My mom's been in church for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, She's in leadership. She does a lot of work that is, you know, people management, program creation, um, curriculum, all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And she didn't want to put it on her resume. And I was like, mom, like the stuff you're doing is killer in the world. Just because you're doing it at church doesn't mean that it shouldn't be. Well, I don't want somebody right. to judge me because of
1: church. Well, if they are, you don't want to work there. Yeah. Which I think goes back to our conversation that we had with one of our guests about what are the pieces of yourself that you bring to work. And if it's important enough to you that you are spending a bunch, a big chunk of your career or a big chunk of your spare time, that maybe that's an identity that's so important enough to you that you do bring it to work. And... Yeah, you don't want to work for someone that doesn't value that about you. They don't have to share that same value, but you want them to value your commitment to something and that you can turn it into any other myriad of things that are good for a company. Yeah.
0: I totally agree if there's anybody out there who you find the things that we've been discussing intriguing, and you're really interested in participating in the podcast and in, in any kind of way, please reach out to us for sure. We'll be very excited to, to listen and, and offer some connection. So I, I think that there's a couple of things that we can end with. Uh, number one, please, please, please tell everybody and their mother about this podcast.
1: The Work and Wellness Podcast is for everyone. Everybody.
0: Everybody. Mm It's for everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I want to say is, Bonnie, thank you so very much for going on this journey with me. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you. I've
1: had so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Me too. Thank you so much for doing this with me. And uh, what a great excuse to spend more time with my friend. So that's right. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Well, you guys have a great day, a great evening, a great weekend. Whenever you're listening to this, make it great. Whatever.